Alright, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast, brought to you by Red Triangle Sports. I'm your host, the champ, the Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski. That's uh, 32 seconds in for me to announce that I'm the champion, Phil. Are, yep. you, su- are you surprised? Under hit. <laughs> the under, under hit. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, Phil Bruce from the Sea Wolves, the second place team in the league this year, joining us tonight. Phil, how you doing? Yeah, quite a quite a humbling experience that fantasy championship was, but you know I, I think it's a good start. I'm not like the LA Rams. I'm not just happy to make it to the playoffs and then lay a complete goose egg there. Yeah, that's the shirt, right? Yeah. I mean that game was so unfair. It was almost like one of the teams had all the good players from two different teams. Yeah, but but don't worry, they, they don't they're not going to get criticized or anything. Todd Gurley goes for like forty points, forty points, ten points. Yeah, that's fair. Shane's here. Hey Shane. Hey guys, good to be here. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care how you are. That's uncalled for. It's almost like the other team had all the mediocre players from two teams. So nice. The the Cosboys will go up against the two of you all day, every day. All right. Um, Fun 2017 season. Um, third year in the league now. Uh, it seems to be going well. Everyone's back, I believe, for year four for the most part. Uh, Papa Kaz keeps threatening us, but <laughs> we know He's he can't, we know he can't wa- we know he can't walk away from this thing. So, especially after the missing the playoffs for the first time. Um, the redemption story is the best story. So Papa Kaz can't wait to see you next season. Yeah, we'll have to. We probably won't see him. Well, I'll see him, but you guys won't. Maybe you won't see him till the draft. He's not. Yeah, gonna I be hope around. you see him before then. Yeah. All right, trivia. What got you some got some good for? stuff for you tonight, as always. I'm guessing there's playoff theme trivia. Um, a little bit. Yeah, it's it's uh it's mostly I got a Super Bowl theme question. Or is it and, number uh, one number one AFC seed scandal trivia? <laughs> you wearing you wearing red Brady on Saturday? Probably yeah. All right, I'll wear red Gronk. There you go. All right. All right. Um, there's no question that uh, Todd Gurley was probably the MVP of the Sons of Fantasy Football League Super Bowl playoffs in general. What I'm looking for is. Since we've been born, the three of us on this podcast, there have been 13 Super Bowl MVPs that are not a quarterback. I'm looking for the 13 non-quarterback Super Bowl MVPs since we've been alive. San Antonio Holmes. Correct. Oh, nine. Dexter Jackson. Correct. <laughs> That's your favorite one. You always love Dexter Jackson. You love that Bucks team. I did love that Bucks team. Chucky. Chucky's back in the <laughs> NFL, baby. How can that go wrong, right? Nah, no way. <laughs> you have a guy $100 million and send him to Vegas. <laughs> ten, year, ten years, 100 mil for John Gruden. It's going to be a lot of... I love that guy. Football player. <laughs> hmm. 
about the other Steelers? What about the other Steelers? Fast in this film. I know, I know. Um, There's two Steelers wide receivers on this list, I think. Sure yeah, I'm trying to pick. I'm trying to pick which one it is. I figure you were gonna go for both of them, right? You already got one. <laughs> I know, but the other one is I can't remember if it's Randall L. or Heinz Ward that got. Um, I'll go with Heinz Ward. Yeah, Heinz Ward. Oh six. Yeah, in Detroit. One of the other wide receivers for the Steelers is Larry Brown. Oh wait, he played cornerback for the Cowboys. He just O'Donnell threw the ball. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Larry Brown was ninety six. Very nice. Um, the Neil O'Donnell game. Yeah, can't forget that. Um, you were like seven. Stop. <laughs> I, I remember that ninety four. <laughs> I remember the year before. 96. 96, yeah, you know what I mean. I remember remember the year before, I remember watching the Chargers game too when they couldn't convert fourth and goal or whatever it was. Um, What about – did Von Miller get it for the Broncos? Yeah, he did. 2016. Malcolm Brown? What's – from the Seahawks? No. Malcolm Smith. Oh, sorry. Seahawks. 14. 24. No one knows who he is. I get that right. <laughs> I had the right guy. I feel like I was right about that one. <laughs> Some big names up here on the list here, Phil. Um, who won? Who was it in 01? Um... Did Ray Lewis win it? Ray Lewis was 01, was the yeah. MVP, and then murdered someone right afterwards. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you, you, get a, you get a few pass, few, few day pass after that kind of victory. Um, Dion Branch? <laughs> Dion Branch was 05, good call. The only non-Brady Patriot twins. Dion Branch is a really good one. Still some um, really big names out here. Oh, God. Was it Desmond Howard? Desmond Howard was yeah. the Packers MVP. 97. Yep. Um, Eli won both of his. You guys got all the recent ones. These are all from the 90s. I think I'm just going to be, I'm going to be guessing at this point, but. Thurman, no, um, not Thurman Thomas, obviously, they never won one. Um, Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith was 94. How about uh, Marshall Falk? Marshall Falk did not win the MVP. That was Kurt Warner. That was Kurt Warner, yeah. Um... Are there any other defenders on the list? There are not. There are three offensive players. All right. And I know, pretty sure two of them are in the Hall of Fame. I don't know about the third. The third is the hard one. Okay. Um, it's actually kind of making me mad that you guys haven't said this one. I thought it would be pretty obvious. I've got to guess. Probably 
considered widely considered oh, Jer- the greatest Jer- football player of all time. Jerry Rice. <laughs> Jerry Jerry Rice. That was my guess. <laughs> Jerry Rice is eighty nine. Oh man, this is brutal. Yeah. How about this one's for John? Terrell Davis. Oh yeah. TG was the MVP in '98, and then the last one is '91. Probably right around when we started watching football, we were about four years old. Uh, uh, Lawrence Taylor. No. Giants, though, right? He said defenders are out. It was the G-Men. It was their running back. Ron Dane. <laughs> he wasn't even at Wisconsin yet, buddy. Um, <laughs> he was still a twinkle in his father's eye. <laughs> Sorry, family podcast. Otis Anderson was the oh, running yeah. back for the Giants, won the MVP. I always liked that one. Out of nowhere. We're going to move on quickly to question two. Can't have a podcast without a Larry Fitzgerald-themed question. Larry Fitzgerald is by far leading the active player list in reception yards. 15,545. Incredible. There are only 12 people in the NF, the active through 2017 season that even have 7,500 yards. Can you name those 12 players? Antonio Gates. Gates has 11,508. He's fourth overall. Demarius Thomas. Demarius has 9487. Sorry, 8653. Is eighth overall. Julio Once traded straight up for Antonio Brown. Ju- no, not straight up. Duke Johnson was in that deal. <laughs> Julio Jones. <laughs> Julio Jones is number seven, 9054 yards. Once traded straight up for Chris Carr, Carr something, Carson. How about AJ Green? AJ Green, eighty-two thirteen. He is ninth. <clears throat> um, Jason Witten. Witten's number two, twelve thousand four forty-eight. Des Bryant. Yeah. Des Bryant is is fourteenth. He is the <laughs> last guy to not be there. Seventy four fifty nine. It's not a that's, fair question. That's Des No Show Week sixteen. Bryant <laughs> to, to those listening at home. Uh, that's funny. Um, I think Antonio Brown's on that list. I'm going to say him. Antonio Brown is on the list. He gets that almost every year. It feels like um, nine thousand nine hundred and ten. Already. Guy is fifth and active right now. Mm-hmm. How about Brandon Marshall? Good pull, buddy. He is third all time, or active, sorry. 
12,215. Brandon Marshall's had a nice career. So Fitz, is, Fitz is first, right? Fitz is first. So Witten and Gates were the next two. Witten was two, Marshall's three, Gates is four. Okay. Um, I had a name. Oh, Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey is not anywhere in the top 20. Um, Deshaun Jackson. Phil, are you looking at this online? Deshaun Jackson is sixth. Nine, four, eight, seven. Good pull. Here's what I have. NFL teams. (laughs) Um, I don't think this guy's on the list. Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson is 11th. 7,848. Um. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. No, that's not. No way. Hmm. These last three are are pretty tough. All right. I'll. I mean, Walker's been gone for four years. How about Edelman? Edelman is not in the top twenty. Are they tight ends? Uh, they're just receiving yard people. People have receiving yards. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the clarification. You're welcome. So, yeah. So, yes. Greg Olson. Greg Olson's number 13. Lucky number 13. 7556. <laughs> just got there. Receiving yards people. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new, no, that, no, that, it's that a new category. Sense. Not a running back, maybe. If there's a running back that has 7,500 receiving yards, <laughs> uh-uh, <I don't> <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, I guess. Come on. Not, yeah. Try, trying to think who these ageless vets are. There's two of them. Those are the two that are left, and they are both ageless vets. Yeah. And it's, they they are these are these are tough names to pull. Like guys that are just washed up that have moved on to different teams that are sitting the sitting the pine like the Brandon Marshalls. Mm. Uh, one of them pretty much. The other one wasn't sitting pine for most of this year. But they are both pretty old. Ted old Ginn. Fellas. What was Ted, that? Ted Ginn. <laughs> Ted Ginn is not on the list. How about um? Uh, I hate to throw this out there. But what about what about Decker? No, he's not on the list. Um, one of them was a Steeler at some, at one point. Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace is tenth. I would have never guessed that. Eight thousand seventy-two yards in Mike Wallace's career. Is that that's unbelievable to me. That's crazy. I thought about him like three times. I'm like, no way. And the other one. Pretty pretty productive uh, fantasy player early this year, especially. Um, it was a hot commodity kind of people were trying to look for in early in the in the draft this year as a steal. 
as a steal. Not, not Larry Fitzgerald. Kind of has, has good value. Kind of getting him cheap. Good PPR guy. Everybody's favorite Frenchman. Pierre Garçon. Pierre Garçon. Wow. 68 is 12th active list right now. Wow. Wow. Good guys, come, guys coming up on 7,500. Des, Gronk, Vernon Davis, Michael Crabtree, Jeremy Macklin, T.Y. Hilton, and Jimmy Graham. Wow. Come up. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Um... We were going to recap the championship game, but I guess there's not a lot to talk about. Um, dogs, dogs take it home 173 to 116 over the Seawolves. Des Bryant, Robert Woods, Jared Cook, the guys that really killed you, but <clears throat> getting 46 from Gurley. Was, yeah, I wasn't going to get to. I wasn't going to get to 164 for sure. Yeah. Um, not not with. I mean, even if Antonio Brown played, it's kind of tough to overcome that kind of loss. I mean, he's head and shoulders better than every other receiver, and it's not it's not close. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't going to get there. Woods Woods was disappointing. Um, thought he had a good matchup that week, but I got touchdowns from I think Kamara, Baldwin, Jones, Kelsey, I think, and Anderson. So that and and from the defense. Yeah, it was over pretty early. Um, it was like 2.30. I remember checking it at like one fifteen. <laughs> I'm like, all right, Gurley's got to slow down here. <laughs> and then I knew he was. I mean, I, I told everybody all week that my key was not letting Gurley score 50 on me, and yeah. he scored 50 on me. <laughs> so if that's going to happen, you can't really do a whole lot. You did say that to me the week before, and we knew it was going to be us. You said Gurley against Tennessee. It sounds like 50 points. Yeah, and then he... Here's what kind of ticks me off. I'm watching the game, Rams-Falcons, and the announcers are like, yeah, the Falcons' game plan has been to take Todd Gurley out, and that's really the key to stopping this offense. And it's like, no shit. <laughs> and the Titans can't even game plan for that in a game that they need to win. So, yeah, it was, it was disappointing. I mean, yeah, for the second straight year, we get a, we get a championship game that's pretty much over by, by 2 o'clock on Sunday. <laughs> I mean, is it's kind of disappointing. I mean, last year Spears runs away with it. Nelson and Rogers get off to the starts that they did, and it was it was over before it started. Um, the the thing that sucked is you. I mean, you played all the wrong guys, Phil. I mean, it, it didn't matter, but yeah, it would it would have been uh, a really nice. You would have got to like one one fifty or so somewhere around mm-hmm. there with uh, playing the right guys. If you had the Gates in there, Diggs and Crowder, you get those guys in there. And, and you get to like 150 or so, and we have a we have an exciting ball game. But yeah, I couldn't pull the trigger on Gates. I thought Cook was going to be a little bit more upside and at least keep me engaged for the Christmas night game, and it didn't happen. So um, it was definitely a mistake. But hey, that, I mean that's one of the problems with having a deep bench is you're kind of torn every week on on who to start. It's a good problem to have, and I didn't make the right calls on Championship Week. Not that it would have mattered. Either way, come out. Um, in the positives on the money side for the year um, so can't ask for much more than that we definitely had a good season um, Juju Smith-Schuster definitely brought his name I think into the keeper conversation for the Seawolves that was a nice 
nice late ad by you. So I was really <clears throat> surprised to, to see him out there when he was. I, I was surprised that he let him go. I agree. Especially being a Steeler fan. Um, I, I was pleasantly surprised to see his name out there. Yeah. Um, all right, question. We've been around for three years now. It's been what I, I'd consider a pretty successful league coming from the league that we came from. I think everyone's been engaged for basically all 16 weeks. Um, even guys that were out of the playoffs were texting me about the matchup. So I think it's been a good group of guys, a good mix. When you guys think back on the first three years of this league, what are the, what are some of the things you most remember so far? <clears throat> the thing that sticks out to me for sure are, are the trades and how much fun it's been like critiquing them after the fact. And how much fun it, it, it is to be involved in them. Um, this is definitely one of those leagues where if you just sit back and you let everything happen in front of you, and if you don't get aggressive from time to time, even probably reach and overpay, you're going to be stuck and you're not going to be improving. So that, that's really fun to see. The, 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 the guys that, um, that, that are involved, that are trying to make trades, even the trades that don't happen, just ha- having that level of engagement, as you mentioned, has, has been awesome. Um but it's nice that we have a lot, I'll call it healthy tension in, in the league where people can express their opinions and, and say, hey, I, I don't agree with that, or I, I veto that trade, even if it is for the 14th-ranked defense and 32nd-ranked wide receiver. <laughs> I, think, I think it's a healthy tension where, you know, come, come Saturday, nobody's like, oh, my God, if that guy's there, I'm not going to show up. This is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's been a lot of fun. No, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to touch on. I mean, I know in the league we were previously in, it was like if a, if a trade happens that people disagreed on, we would have maybe like a thousand thread email going yeah. on. Well, like, yeah, that where people are just going back and forth, ready to <clears throat> slit each other's throats. And <laughs> I mean, we we have we have that ability where hey, we'll we'll get on each other and and people can voice their opinion, but it's not taken to the level of of uh, people just being angry with each other to the point where where the league's going to disband. <laughs> no, nobody's taking their ball and going home. Not yet. Nobody's playing tiddlywinks. Nobody's. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe it's because cause is winning, and, and that's why that's why nobody's <laughs> taking their ball and going home. <laughs> Had he come in second, we might be singing a different tune this week. <laughs> I'd, like to, uh, I'd like to say the leadership of the league is, has helped that not happen, but... The last, yeah. the last league was a little weak on the leadership side. <laughs> that, that's correct as well. Um, this no, pod- it's, it's this podcast, really the podcast has made it fun too. I think everyone has. said it's been one of their favorite things. So Yeah, it's given gives you something to look forward to every week. You can listen to Friday, get you through your job on going into the weekend. Or but the, the trades too, jockeying, the jockeying that goes on to make moves. I mean... It happened this year for Kelsey, where me and Phil were kind of jockeying. Yeah, is that what you call it, jockeying? I made a better yeah. offer. I made a better offer. Yeah, a, a, a day after my offer was accepted, but <laughs> I, I won't go there. You know, it, it, it is what it is. You gotta, you know, life's hard. You know, you gotta get over it. Just get another beverage there, yeah. Yeah. Is that fat tire? Yeah. It is. I'll be bringing some of that this weekend. Can't uh, wait. Uh, 
<laughs> Other than that, uh, I think obviously the thing that's going to stick out for me is uh, the uh, week 16 podcast, I guess it was, 2015, where I boldly predicted Frank Gore to have a big game, did not play him, would have won me a year one title. That that one's going to stick with me for probably forever. You wanted that year one. That That was the one you wanted. I did. Uh, my team was so good that year that it was it was ridiculous. Cause my bench was scoring like a hundred points a week, and I couldn't even play him. I still have a strong fondness for Kirk Cousins. <laughs> that, that was a depressing night. I <laughs> sitting in my old apartment in Wyoming and just watching Kirk Cousins throw a touchdown after a touchdown. Listen, Mister Fred Davis, yeah. relax. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's been yeah. it's been fun. The draft obviously is great, getting us all together. The all the auction style has been huge. I think uh, it's made draft day a lot of fun. Um, that the auction format, I think, is what makes the whole league. That is way way better. Yeah. Than than doing the snake draft, it, it is so much fun because at any point, if that guy's in there, you know, if that's your guy, you can get him. If you want to pay eighty four dollars for Antonio Brown, you can go get him. Especially yeah. this year with all these players having 225, I, I could see him going for over 100. You're not keeping him? If I if I get the right offer, I'll, I'll probably trade him. If not, I'll keep him. No one's trading for him. <laughs> no one's trading for an $84 Antonio Brown. Why not? What, what are you going to... Are you going to give them money too? I don't have any money to give, but if you have 225, why would you not start off with Antonio Brown and take your 130, 140 bucks plus your other keeper and get three more studs to go around Antonio Brown? Because you why, can, why? you can just go draft what, 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 him for what, what, 90. What, what am I missing here? You can draft him for 90, probably. Okay. And keep two, and cost yourself and, an extra six bucks. And keep two other players. No, then keep two other players. Oh, you're assuming that everyone has two good keepers. Is, have you have you peeked at the rest of the podcast? We're gonna, we're gonna get have, you, have, have you seen the agenda? Yes, have you I seen did. The agenda? I, I put it together. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's one. There's one team in particular, Tyler Storms. Yeah. That could that could use a player. <laughs> Some of these guys are going to be pretty active come Saturday, wheeling and dealing. I hope. <laughs> No one's trading with you. You you have the scarlet letter right now. All right. Like, I'm just curious what offer you think you're going to get there. You you're think someone's going give, gonna to give you cash for an $84 Does, does somebody want a 10-point advantage every week at one position? I don't know. You tell me. What's that worth to you? What, what's, what's first place take? <laughs> um, 300 Hey, li- listen. I mean, from the beginning of last year, we have different schools of thought. I want complete studs, and I'll fill out the rest of my my roster with waiver wire, which we all end up with at the end of the year anyway. Give me the Le'Veon Bells, give me the Antonio Browns, the guys I'm getting a ten point advantage with every week, and I'll figure out the rest just like everybody else does. So then, why wouldn't you keep him? I'm saying if I get a good offer, I'm not going to keep him. I'm going to trade him. I'm already down twenty five on my draft cap. It's, it's different schools of thought. It, it works for different people. Shane, you want to keep like two $1 guys, have a shitty draft, <laughs> and, and finish middle of the pack. And all you're going to be talking about the whole season is how much draft cash you had. That's great. I want I mean, winners. 
I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call getting Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski a shitty, uh, and Kareem Hunt and Cam Newton a shitty draft. But I mean, if you call that a shitty draft, then okay. Speaking of keepers right. and shitty, one other thing we have to talk about: the first three years in the league. Are we ever going to see anything worse than Paul Perkins and Eddie Lacy? <laughs> well, um, unless he makes the trade for Antonio Brown, we might see. Come on, he'll, he can keep uh, Dalvin at that, Cook. Point, at that point, don't you just leave the roster spot open and take the dollar in your pocket to the draft? Yeah. Yeah. I think you do. All right. Yeah. Uh, so. Unfortunate. Along with maybe some wheeling and dealing on Saturday, we're going to talk about uh, suggested rule changes and improvements for the 2018 season and beyond. Um, let's look at the list right now. So, first one that I think is very likely to pass, and I want to hear your guys' likeliness of these rules passing. Uh, moving the trade deadline up to after week eight or sometime after before whenever we had it. Um, it. That'll require teams to make a decision faster on if they're buying and selling and not swing the second second round of divisional matchups. That's why I proposed week eight. So Yeah, so when we do go to vote on this, I think the order in which we vote is really critical because moving the trade deadline to after week eight, there's probably only going to be like two maybe three sellers at that point everybody else is going to be in the mix being able to to get more than that 25 is going to be really important to those teams because you're going to be able to sell different pieces so to me i think we have to vote on raising the amount of draft cash that you can trade in a year and then vote on the after week eight because voting on that if that gets turned down then it doesn't really to me it doesn't really make all that much sense to approve one and not the other and I think the draft cash has to come first yeah that's a good point um, are we are we sold on that it has to be after week 8 or are we up to talking about anywhere from before well, right now it's after what week 12 12 yeah are we up to making it anywhere like 8 or nine, right, right before week 12 yeah are we up to like making it anywhere like after eight, after nine, after ten? Well, my the eight. The only number, the only reason eight stands out for me, and I keep going back to the fact that if you play a seller in week nine in your first round of second division, time you go through your division, they may be at full strength, and then someone you're competing for a playoff spot may get a gutted team two weeks yeah. later. So it's not locked into week eight. That to me is the most fair and logical one, but it's not locked into that at all. So yeah, week week eight you'll have you know the teams that have like one or two wins, or even three, depending on how you're feeling about the outlook for your team and what your injury status is. I think that's probably a pretty fair time to know who's going to be the sellers. Yeah, but we could see teams make. Decisions and this goes to your thing too, Phil. If you can get more than fifty, more than twenty-five, say you can get fifty bucks, and you're right on the, you know, you're teetering, you don't know which way to go. If someone makes you an offer you can't refuse, then, you know, that changes a little bit. So, yeah, 
and then they're crippled for for next season, right? If, yeah. if you get an offer for fifty bucks, you're you're in trouble, especially because we've already seen that the max offer, depending on what you're going to offer, can easily be vetoed, especially if if the league rules that it's unfair and it involves more than one player that you're trading fifty bucks for. Like if you, if you're trading for like let's say like a Bronk, a Gronk and an Antonio Brown. And that's two max players. Even though that's probably fair at fifty bucks, you still risk it going through the league and, and being vetoed and pulled back. Yeah. Well, to answer your question, I, I believe that <clears throat> this one's going to pass. I believe we're going to move the trade deadline. Um, I think. Uh, I think that everyone, maybe not everyone. I don't know that it's going to be unanimous, but I, I think that everyone realizes I think we need to move the trade deadline a little yeah. bit at least yeah I think um, I think that's going to be unanimous it's a it's a little it is a little late in the season in my opinion right now um I think we're, we we what we want to do ideally is I mean we don't want to turn it into like like it has been you basically have the entire season to decide whether or not you're in yeah um we want to make people make a decision hey how bad do you want it and you gotta decide when you don't know when you're maybe you're three and five. You gotta decide, hey, if I'm three and five, do I have a legit chance to win this thing, or can, do I? Can, can, can I just play devil's advocate there? Why? I I understand some of the reasons, but why are we trying to get teams to make that decision earlier in the process? Why Why not let teams hold out, make as competitive as a league as possible up until the train deadline because otherwise you're going to have as to cause this point you're going to have these complete dud teams that are tanking after week eight i'm not sure everyone will tank if we move it up which would eliminate some of the teams that are completely gutted that's one reason um, the other reason, I think, is that we don't get ourselves into a situation like we did this year where there's one person that has money left and one seller, and they have to basically deal with each other. So those are... What, what, yeah, but that's the league's fault. That's not the fault of the trade deadline. But, no, it is. Because you want to offer Shane... $25 for Leonard Fournette in weeks 11 or week 10, that's the risk that you're t- that, that's the risk you're taking. But Shane was able to wait all year and not have to make a decision. Yeah, so Shane fielded a competitive team for 11 weeks. So what, 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 why is that a bad thing? What am I missing? Because it was like, even though he fielded a competitive team, there was very minimal odds of him making the playoffs. To me, it sounds like everybody made bets early, and then they were upset when the patient team holding out for the best player got the best player and everyone's raising their hands saying we need to change the rule and I, I'm, I'm kind of in favor of changing the rule but I just want to make sure we're doing it for the right reasons because it doesn't really sound like that to me well now that you made that argument Phil it kind of makes me not want to move <laughs> just because like I mean now I'm thinking like I don't want to get to the point where now we have four teams that are absolutely terrible for Five weeks. Well, here's another thing that goes back to that week eight. I can always move the schedule around where you play your first ten games are against divisional opponents, but then the last three are 
crossovers, and I don't know. I think we like the fact that the divisional games are at the end. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I, I like the schedule as is and facing people in my division that I can actually play and, and you know move my and jockey my position and not worry about some other team tanking in the worst division. Yeah, I think I think the schedule's fine the way it is right now. I, I like the you get your five early where everyone pretty much has their their full roster bye weeks don't hit yet um, for the most part, and then. I mean, you're basically facing your bye week opponents against the crossovers, and then you get back to full strength against your division opponents. I mean, you're going to obviously, like, weeks, what is it, weeks four and five, there's buys. Weeks, I mean, there's a couple, like, eight, nine, but, like, most of the meat of it is, like, six, seven, eight are the bye weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm actually in favor of moving. I, I think week eight is probably too, too early now that I think about it. But... I want to make sure this isn't we're moving it because I'm a sore loser and I didn't hold out and I didn't get Antonio Brown. I want to make sure that's not the rule change that's going into effect. We're moving it because we we think it's it's better to not have it, everybody wait, I guess, until one period. Well, the other thing even, that the other thing that this, this happened in our baseball league, we moved the trade deadline up a full month a couple of years ago, and I was not in favor of that then, but it made a lot of sense when I really thought about it. Your team can look completely different after 11 weeks, and now we're two weeks before the playoffs, and you basically add two or three studs, and now you're, you could be a super team. I, I don't know. Yeah, but... I like the idea of a team becoming a team like before week 10, and then, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I get that. Um, I mean, we basically want to... We want to see who you are for more than like one week leading into the playoffs. Yeah. Like when you became you you, your team, team was have. yeah your team was good this year. You had Brown, and then the last two weeks you were like an easy one fifty every week. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I think that's a fair point. Um, but I don't think the super team concept is going to be going away from our league anytime soon. No. I think that's still that's still going to rule. I don't I don't think moving it up removes the super team. I think moving it up gets everybody more comfortable with the super team because they're in place for more weeks. And what, what I think this is going to do, and man, this is tough now that I'm thinking about it, but I mean, obviously we're going to have less sellers. Um, I and I think like. that, that was a goal too. I think we wanted more competitive trades rather than the, you get I the mean, first we're $25 offer and you take it. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have one or two I mean by that point you would think only one or two teams are going to be out of it even and maybe not even out of it out of like but you're going to have one or two teams getting offers from the other nine ten whatever it is um and they're going to be able to field whatever the best offer is <laughs> I mean you're going to have to I mean you're we're really going to find out who's going to want to buy yeah Who's gonna to want to sell? And I think I think that's something we want to see too. That, that. Yeah, I think that, that's that's our opinion, though, right? We might have guys that might sell earlier than they otherwise would because they don't really like how their team looks for the rest of the season. So you you might end up with the same amount of sellers. We're a little bit more aggressive. We're gonna hold out as long as we can, but other folks might look at their outlook and say, hey. I've got an injured running back. I have an injured flex player. I'm going to sell even though 
normally I would hold out for a few more weeks and see what happens. Yeah. Moving the trade deadline up, I think, could also make some of the offers more aggressive. Yeah. Um, but just to circle back, because I know we're going to have to make a decision, I'm okay doing it somewhere like week 10, week 11, just mo- moving it up a little bit and not – I'm not too concerned with the whole you get one divisional layup on, on your schedule. If that happens to be the case, that's just – I think that that's the reality. We, it sounds like we, we all want to make a change, so so let's do it. I think week eight's probably a little too drastic. I think nine or ten is probably the sweet spot. I, yeah, I, I know think so people too. haven't been happy about the eight suggestion, but I, I just, I don't know. To me, eight or nine is what I think is right. I think it's probably going to be more like nine or ten with the rest of the league, so. I mean, there, there's arguments to be made both ways. It's It's really what is going to result in a more competitive league and a more fair league for everybody. I mean, that's how we should be making all these decisions, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be interested to hear. I mean, I I hear you guys all the time. I hear Eddie's opinions all the time. I'll be interested to hear what the Bulls and the Storms just think and, and, you know, Fegley and Spears. Because... Th- those guys have the same vote we do, so. Yep, for sure. Um, going along with trades, so we talked about increasing the draft cash to be traded received in a year. Right now, it's twenty five. Um, there's options to make it forty, fifty, no limit. What do you guys think about that and the likeliness of that moving? I, I'm in favor of upping it. I know I probably said 50 before but I, I think 40 is, is probably the right number because we don't want to have a situation which we've already had where somebody exits the the league and then whoever comes to inherit that team is kind of stuck with something that might be like a, a 150 140 value draft cash coming the next season and then they're kind of screwed um I think it has to be increased from from where it is now just because looking at using Shane's team as an example, he had more players on his team that could be valued for more than 25. Like had the cap been increased, he could have gotten a lot more than 25 and he missed out on a lot when he decided to to bow out. So I think it has to be increased. 50 is probably a little too much in my eyes. I, I would vote on 40. But you also, you were the one that said to me, why can't someone trade fifty if they want to? Yeah, um, yeah. That, I mean, that, that that's exactly my point. I think if we had a guaranteed, these are the twelve owners now. These are the twelve owners next year. Then let free capitalism reign. But we don't have that guarantee. We we might have players exit, um, and we can't. I feel we, pretty. We have to think yeah. about what an expansion team would look like. And fifty, I think, is is a little too much. Forties, it's a good middle ground. I feel pretty strongly that this is going to be the 12 for a while now, but I know what you're saying. I thought that way after year one, and it didn't happen, so... Yeah, well, we didn't know some other things. I, Yeah. He'd still be here if it wasn't for the other stuff, so that's not happening. Yeah. I, I, know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I still miss him. Still hurts a little. Um... 
mean, the more I'm thinking about it, I mean, I would love to go to a free capitalism system. Um, I know we can't. I know the reasons we can't. Because <laughs> um, the three of us are psychos. <laughs> because I know that, like, we, at some point, Cos is going to be like, I'll give you $200 for, <laughs> for, for, these, for these three players. Why does that have to be me? Alright. Well, any of us would, but... I, Actually, def- I would, definitely would. You, you would just be like, oh, I'll give you 20, and they'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Um, no, I mean, I would love to go to a free capitalism where you can basically get whatever whatever you think it's worth. Um, and the more I'm thinking about it, I don't, I don't... I mean, we have the veto process in place. I'm, I'm just trying to think what that would look like as far as if you could get any amount of draft cash that you want. I mean... The reason why I like 50, I think, and I don't even know if this is a real thing. It's probably just numbers in my head, but <clears throat> we've kind of set the precedent that $25 can get you a stud. So maybe 50 can get you two. I, I don't know if anyone's going to be willing to give $50 for one player. Maybe they would. I'm not sure. I can't answer I would that. have given 50 for Antonio Brown this year, no question. Yeah, okay. I think I honestly think that he might be the only player, though. I mean, there's only a handful. Really? Yeah, I mean, but Bell, Kamara, like there's Aaron only Rogers. there's only a handful. If I, if I'm in need of one of those positions, and the number one player at those positions by far is available, I'm trading everything I have to try and win. Sounds like a man that's never won. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's why we can't go to free capitalism because I mean how much how how high are you willing to go for Antonio Brown's available but I mean you also like like all right Antonio Brown's available on my team how much are you willing to pay this year this year yeah like how much were like were you willing to pay if 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 you could have paid like I could have gotten whatever I wanted like how high would you have gone oh I I just I would have higher than fifty. I, I probably would have would have gone 60, 75, yeah. That that level. Yeah, I mean, let, let's not underrate just how much of an advantage he is and how crippling of a loss not having no, him in the I, championship was, right? Uh, I get I get that. Um, it's just and then we have to turn around and think, do we really want one team starting with $275? <laughs> Like, just because, sig- just because they bought Brown the year before. Because they bought Brown the year before, like that's a significant advantage. Starting with two hundred and seventy-five dollars. Well, that that's part that's part of the price of when you're factoring that in for his value at the beginning of the year, which makes an eighty-four dollar Brown that much more valuable. Yeah. Basically, what it comes down to is Antonio Brown just screws this league. Well, the like yeah. He's, how many? He, he's absurd. How I've many never people seen though? This gap between wide receiver one and everybody else before. I've never, I've, I've never seen anything like it. How many people in this league, honestly, would completely throw away their next season for the ability to have him and a chance to win this season? 
I mean, I'd have a hard time doing that. You're throwing. Well, I, you you, you give seventy-five you bucks. You haven't had to, to face that decision. Who? You haven't had to face that decision. Well, I, yeah, not it's, it's, a, it's a hypothetical. Not in this it's league. T- it's it's tough. If push comes to shove, you have the opportunity in front of you. Yeah. And hey, you got to remember at the trade deadline, it's not just adding him to your player to your team it's also making sure he doesn't get added to somebody else's well, team well that's the most important thing in my mind all the time you know is right. I want this guy because I don't want someone else yeah no I get that that's a whole that's a whole another ball game of what his value is yeah if you're bidding against three other guys that all have that same value then you know what maybe you are willing to go 75 for Antonio Brown so nobody else gets him yeah. and I think that's the I think that's the argument for making this free capitalism where like if in our current setup, like if you already gave away all of the cash that you can give, I mean you're not bidding against anyone else. Like, like this year you didn't have to compete with anyone really for like. Yeah, I didn't have to give you twenty five probably. Right. I mean, it, you, I, you, I, I was really. I think, I think you I was did. really holding on for that Minnesota D. <laughs> I mean, I think you did. There were still Eddie still had money, but Papa Cos didn't have the full twenty five. Me, me and Spears still had money. Yeah. Yeah, just not enough. But, but I mean, I, you guys get the point. I mean, you didn't have to really compete with anyone. Yeah. To the full extent of what it what, what it could have been. Yeah. Um, just one more point to complicate things even more. So let's say we do move to free capitalism, and somebody bids seventy five bucks for or somebody says I want Antonio Brown on my team. I'll give you seventy five dollars draft cast for next year. The likelihood that that person isn't going to come back the next season, even though we have an ironclad 12. If I am dealing with that kind of a handicap going into a draft and I'm kind of teetering, maybe I enjoy it, maybe it's taking up too much of my time, I might be that much more likely to just walk away from it and say, screw it, I'm not interested yeah. anymore. No, I know. Even, and Even though we have those 12, you know, those, those folks that might not have had a good year, result wasn't what they wanted. Yeah. It's like, What's yeah. to stop someone from saying, hey, I'll give you $150 of my draft cash for all, like, you, your three best players making a run at it and then bolting to fucking <laughs> yeah. sleeve. Not, not because they're bad people, just because they lose interest. Yeah, you know? I get it. There's I mean, no, I don't think we no have those people. That. Yeah. I, I don't think we do either, but... I mean, look at the... Jeremy Jeremy ran his team to the ground last year, and Mick ends up getting third this year. I mean, he made... He had Devontae Adams as one good keeper, makes a trade for Jordan Howard... The thing that went unnoticed is his brother donated him $25 because they had co-owned. Obviously, that helped. But that's a risk you run. I mean, if you take over any team in the league, usually, I think 95% of the time, it's because someone screwed up the year before and bounced. I mean, that's just... I think you you know that coming into a league. Mick had that, that, that team is a great example moving forward of somebody just inheriting pieces of just a, a, a terrible broken team and being able to turn it around. Those trades that he made, those those were only the trades that he made. He was making stuff behind the scenes all year, offering stuff behind the scenes all year. It, it, he, was, he was an awesome owner, totally engaged, totally looking to improve his team, reasonable. Right? I, yeah. I, I, thought, I thought he was awesome. And the other thing about him, too, he's another perfect case in point for moving to Increase to 25. He makes the trade to add Jeffrey and Ajayi right before Ajayi gets traded. He would have definitely made more moves to go get more players if he could have, even though he swung early. So, yep. <clears throat> I can't say that I would have done that. 
if I had the money. I don't know how many players I would have went and tried to add after I made my moves. He was a team that was competing, but still, I think, felt like he was behind us, me, you, and Eddie. So. Yeah. And, and, and he was. Yeah, exactly. Um, his, team, his team was good. It wasn't as good as our teams were. But you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. That's just, that's just how it goes. Um, yep. So where, where are we settling at for what amount we're going to propose for a rule change? Um, we're just going to throw out an increase, and I'm going to hear people on Saturday. I don't think that... Why, why don't we throw out two increases, one to 40, one to 50, and see what people say? I think we should really throw out 40, 50, and no limit. Okay. I think those are really the three main options. And if someone wants to argue that point, then they can throw it. I mean, this happened last year. We talked about quarterback scoring. We had, I think, two proposals. Someone threw out a third, and we ended somewhere else. So, you know. Um, one that I don't think is going to pass is limiting how many times you can trade with the team. But I know you brought that up, Shane. I think the idea is sound, but... I don't know how you effectively do it. I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, I know we were looking for ways to, I mean, we have, we talked about the trade pockets we have in the league. Um, There's no secret that certain people have been trading with certain people in the league. And it hasn't been too bad, but I mean, there's no question. Eddie made a good point. I mean, I don't know how, how many trades me and you have made in this league, Phil. Probably five so far. I mean, we made yeah, in, in three years. In three years, um, I know for the most, like Fegley and Spears have have made a couple trades. I mean, it, it's just. I mean, the the bottom line is we have everyone has their go to kind of. Hey, I know I can make a deal with you based based on who you talk to the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's just the bottom line. I mean, for everyone knows, like there are certain people in the league that you you just talk to more. You talk and the, to and on yeah, and there's certain people that you know you're probably never going to trade with. Like, me and yeah. you are probably never going to pull off a deal. Never. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't see Phil and Butler pulling one off anytime soon. <laughs> you know? no, it, it's not going to stop me from offering. Yeah, no, I know. I, I'll offer Shane all day. It's just not gonna, over. We're not going to happen. It's not going to It's not, it's not, not yeah. the cards. He's still this burned by... Do with your police baton. He's still burned by Devin <laughs> Travis, so... Yeah. No, I, I accept the deal. However, I will see if I have other offers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is just meant to see if there's a way we, I mean, to try to get people to say, hey, you know what? All right. I don't have an option to trade with this guy this year. I got to move on to someone else in the league. What's critical? The, the critical thing that needs to be brought up and discussed and the importance of it needs to be stressed on Saturday is that if we're going to increase the draft cash and move the trade deadline up, you need to field multiple offers. You yeah. can't take the first one that comes in your inbox. That needs to be stressed. Uh, the Rooney rule. Yeah. What, why? Yeah. Why? Why? Uh, I, I mean, you're saying why does that need to be stressed? Yeah. You don't think people should take multiple offers? They can if they want. But no, if I, they get an offer that they, they want, like why, like the, we're talking the LaShawn McCoy offer, right? No, why? no, I'm talking yeah, that. No, that, that's what you're specifically talking about. The LaShawn McCoy, had he been out in the open market, he would have gotten more for him. That, that, no, that, that's I was okay, talking Fournette. Fournette, Fegley has $40, 50 to get. 
and he takes the first 25 he gets when someone could have very easily done more than that. And, I, I mean, this is just frust- this frustrates me for years in fantasy sports, not just this year. I, I don't think everything needs to be hard because of something that happened the year before. I just think if you throw something out there at 7 o'clock in the morning and by 7.15 someone's dealt before anyone's even had a chance to wake up, <laughs> that, that to me is frustrating. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. I don't. I don't necessarily believe you have to listen to more. You don't. No, yet. and I'm just. I think, I think you should. I. I, I, I should. I should have said that we encourage people to not. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I think you should. Yeah. Obviously, I think it's in your best interest. To, yeah. I mean, field as many as you can. <laughs> see if you can do better. But that's kind of what I'm getting at here. Is I mean, if I make a trade with you, Kaz, and then like I'm not just sitting there. Saying, all right, well now I know I can't go, can't trade with Cos anymore. I, we've we've already traded. I got to move on to someone else in the league, and and just encouraging people to look at different rosters as far as instead of being like, you know what, I know I have Cos in my back pocket, I can make a deal with him if I have to. Yeah. It's just a thought. No, I know. Well, I mean, we'll certainly talk about it. I I don't think you can make it one. I don't know. I don't know if you can make it one time. Maybe you can. I mean, both trades that Fegley and Butler made together this year were two weeks apart, and I think they made sense for both sides both times. I mean, they were both good deals, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I get what you're trying to do. You're trying to, to force collaboration among contacts that you might not normally talk to in the league, but if you get an offer that you like, I don't think we should say, hey, Great, great trade, but you have to show proof that you got a, a, another offer. I don't know. I, I don't think that really that really works, especially when we're talking about trying to move to a more free capitalist type market. If you get a trade you like, and guess what? No, nobody's reached out to you. Hey, you shouldn't say, "Hey, I'm about to accept a trade." Somebody else has to make me an offer for this to go through. I don't mind it. I, I don't think you can ever really, for the most part, dispute. When you're moving players for players. Everyone's going to always value players differently. I don't ever want to get to a point where someone makes a $40 offer for a player. Someone makes a 50 and they take the 40 because they don't want to deal with the person who made the 50 That, to me, is more of a problem. That, to me, is the Orioles saying, we're not going to trade Machado to the Yankees, even though they're offering us three top ten prospects because I don't want Machado in a Yankees uniform. Like, I guess that's a thing, but that, to me isn't a good thing. I don't know. See, I guess it makes sense, like, if it's within your division. Yeah. Like, to me, like, I mean, like, I'm not going to want to, if I'm, but I mean, also, if I'm selling, like, to you, it means I'm probably out for the year. Yeah. But I mean, there, there's also some strategy behind me not wanting to improve your team if I still think I have a chance to win. Like, I don't want to improve the people that I'm going to be playing against. And that, that's kind of why I always keep bringing up that I, I feel like I made the better offer for Kelsey. I know it comes back to me, but I don't feel like it was my dad favoring me when he's, he... I didn't make that offer until he said no to you the second time. I know what happened there, but I don't know. Yeah, that, that, that was a little different. I don't think that applies here just because that was, that was separate, yeah. right? He had... 
accepted, not accepted me the day before. And you, you even went above and beyond and gave me the opportunity to say, hey, I'm, this is what I'm offering. You can beat it. I'm like, I, I, I can't beat it. I don't have the firepower to, to beat my already accepted trade. I can't do it. So I don't, I don't know if that necessarily applies to what we have here. But and Shane also voiced some frustration in the Julio deal because he felt like he made a better offer too. I mean, yeah, but like you can't. I realize we we, we want to try to avoid that, but outside of a straight cash deal, I might value players differently than somebody else does. Mm-hmm. So his Julio offer in Shane's eyes is better than yours, but in the accepting party's eyes. He takes yours because he thinks it's better. Yeah. Right? Like, let's not get into a slippery slippery slope here where we're trying to say, head and shoulders, this guy's better than somebody else. No, we can't ever do that. All right. We're, we're going to be two hours if we don't keep going. Um, revisit. Eddie wants to revisit the $5 draft cash penalty. He feels like there are times when you should be allowed to start someone that's on by. Happened to him this this year. He, wanted, he felt like he had an easy win. The week that he had the Jaguars were on by, he didn't want to have to drop a player to pick up a defense. Nope. I hate that. Disagree. I, yeah, if anything, I, I, I would bring the vote to the table to increase it to 10. Um, initially, that was started to make sure people stay engaged for the entire season. Yeah. We have an engaged league. That mission accomplished. It, it, it's already happened. Um, we're, we're not going to deal with that because we... Yeah, I, Eddie's the one case, but if anything, I'd rather increase it to 10 than remove it. I also think it makes you study your roster a little bit to make sure you don't have a situation like that arise. Yeah. Where, hey, and you, hey, maybe you're going to have to make a tough decision where you have to drop your 13th player, but and you want you want to keep him, but hey. That, that's a nice way to manage your team better. Yep. I'll let I'll let you guys be the ones to tell Eddie that on Saturday. <laughs> Manager team better. Um, it's, it's not it's not a negotiation. That's just factual. <laughs> one other item that's up for vote um, is possible expansion to 14, 14 teams. So, man, I hope you guys have some friends because I'm fresh out. <laughs> well, I know I have one that's definitely interested. My dad's buddy Jason bunch of guys know in the league he's definitely interested his league has turned for the worse and he's been asking he's helped my dad draft the first year at pizza como um yeah he's been asking me to get in since that night so he was no one's ever just a side note no one's ever really touched on that have they uh that pretty pretty good year for the st louis pass that year wasn't even drafted by that guy huh no, my dad drafted all the starters and left him with seven bucks for five players. Back, Shane, come on, he's <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. He drafted all the. He, he spent like a hundred and eighty-five dollars and then left Jason with fifteen right. bucks left. So yeah, that that's really. I'll, I'll say that's really tough on the two expansion owners, and I know that there's a whole bunch of stuff we can do and protect players and not protect players, but. Um, that that that'll be really interesting to bring that up for discussion. I don't know where you guys stand on it, but I, I don't know where I do either. Um, I think there's one other rule change that probably needs to happen before the 14 team discussion happens. 
um, but I'll, I'll save that for my surprise segment. Oh, <laughs> or or are, we, are we ready for it right now? I think we're ready for it, buddy. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So if, if you look across the league, just to try and make it a more fair and complete league, what really needs to happen is we need to have a staircase step up for, for players that are kept longer than one season, longer than two seasons. Um, we have one. It, it's got to be stepped up significantly. Or we're going to be facing with the, the David Johnson keeper for like the next five years, the Todd Gurley's of the world being kept for, for peanuts. I mean, you get rewarded the year that you draft them cheaply. The first year, you get rewarded. And then, but does that mean you should have an advantage for the next five seasons, the next six seasons? I don't necessarily think so. I mean, Gurley's going to be 22 next year. Is that an advantage? Absolutely. Yes. That's, that's a great price. Absolutely. He would go for 70 David Johnson was $4 this year, and he got less than 10 points, I think. Kamara will be $4. Or wait, no, he'll be a dollar next year. Yeah. And then he'll be four dollars, and then seven. You really like, think he? You really think he's like that? The guy that's going to be like a ten-year star, Alvin Kamara, really? As good of a chance as anybody. Oh, yeah, I get um, it. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 that's just what, what, what I'm thinking. Um, even Le'Veon Bell, 20. Probably thirty dollars under his value. How long should I be able to hold on to that value for? It's it's great that I have him at the price he is, is now, but should that be a multi-year huge advantage over everybody else? I don't think that's fair. I kind of like the idea though of getting that player and that like I love the idea that Gurley is a desert dog and he's going to be a desert dog. I love the idea that Michael Thomas is a steel curtain. He's going to be a steel. Yeah. Like I love that we can. We can hold these players and identify with the stars in the league, like. But you have to get one. But it's no different than the NBA. Go get a star. Like, I don't know. No, and I'm speaking as someone who's keeping Le'Veon Bell until the day I die. That, that that's that's fine. Um, I'm not saying you have to kick him back into the draft. I'm saying you have to pay more. Just like managing a real NFL team, when you have that superstar, and he's threatening to retire because of a franchise tag, you got to pay him. That's just that. That's just the reality of sports ownership. And if we're trying to recreate something similar here, which we are, we're we're owning players and managing to a draft cap, just like the real life owners have to do. These guys are increasing about like realistically, Todd Gurley is worth seventy. Should you get that fifty dollar advantage, forty five dollar advantage for the next ten years? I think the other thing that we talked about when this came into place is that what is the realistic life cycle of an NFL running back? I mean, Frank Gore is the one rare exception of someone that has had almost 10 straight 1,000-yard seasons, and no one's talking about him as a keeper. Like It's, it's, it, it, it's not just that. It's the Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. What happens if he pops off next year and somebody keeps him for a dollar? How how long? Or he's, he's five dollars. Yeah, how, we said how that long? with we said that with luck too, and I don't know. I understand what you're saying. Like, all right, I think what's the price that you think the the increase needs to be filled? That's that's where we're at. 
I, I think it has to be a, a fair ramp up. I don't have what that is, but like year. So you're year thinking like a five dollar increase week year one, ten year two, something like that, fifteen year three. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. So, so something along those lines, I, I think, is a little bit more fair and fair to the rest of the league. So when you get these players, I'm not saying you don't get that advantage. You you get that next year to keep them, and then even a five dollar increase is pretty minimal. Ten dollar increase is pretty minimal, but. All I'm saying is your franchise isn't set for the next 10, 10 years because you made a great decision 10 years ago. See, I, I don't see I don't ever see me being set for 10 years with Todd Gurley. He's now finished year three. I think he's going to be a stud for probably the next three or four years. And then, okay, so so sorry, seven years. No, 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 no. And last year he was awful. I had him at nineteen. He was atrocious last year. Like, I don't know. I can see. I mean, I I kind of agree that it needs to be a little more than three. I'm I'm okay. You think you just think I, I'm okay with three. What if it was like three six nine? I don't That'd think that's enough. I, I don't know. But you yeah, value, I, you clearly value $10 differently than just about anyone else in the league. Like, you are literally, I'm pretty sure, the only player in the league that would have traded $25 for a $49 keeper because everyone thought it was a bad move by you. It ended up working out. It ended up working out. But I'm just saying, it, it everyone... Just, it, like, it didn't just work out. It was the cornerstone for my team of why I was so good. That was the only... I started last year, and I've mentioned this before, with literal nothing for, for keepers. I, I had nothing. I traded Le'Veon Bell. He put me on the map. I had a good draft. But if I don't have Le'Veon Bell, and, and that's I, – I, I'm kind of waiting for the rest of the league to, to realize it. And Shane, when I made the deal with Shane, was kind of the same way. You need to get that RB1, that wide receiver one, that's better than everybody else. That is that advantage week in, week out. Those like no-brainer plays in your lineup. You need those studs to form a championship. If you look at the teams, look at Aaron Rodgers and, and Jordy Nelson. Look at Le'Veon Bell. Look at Todd Gurley. The players that are winning have those studs that can go off. But if, even if they don't go off, we're going to score you that 15, 20 points every single week to be the cornerstone of, of your franchise moving forward. No, there's, there's definitely a lot of truth to that. I mean, and, hey, that that that's just that that that's my style. That that's how I feel about it. But it, if 2017 is any indication, if you didn't have Todd Gurley, you weren't winning in the playoff. If you made the playoffs with Todd Gurley, you were going to make it through. And if you didn't have Todd Gurley, you were out. That's just you need the studs. If you don't have them, you don't win. Yeah, I just think the studs are the studs are. I don't know. The studs are arbitrary. Studs are, and, and that's that's part of the reason why I want to have a, a more staircase approach and a more ramp up is because the people that have the studs are at such an advantage. Cause you're at such an advantage having Todd Gurley going into next season, even without Kamara, over everybody else, even though you're starting with $190 in draft cash versus somebody that's a 225. But why couldn't Gurley have his 245-point weeks in week eight and nine and not 15 and 16 and then I don't have that advantage anymore like I, I, I don't operate in the hypothetical world I operate looking back <laughs> factually 
Rodgers, Jordy Nelson. What, Aaron, what did Aaron Rodgers do for you? What did Rodgers do for you in Week 15 a couple years ago? I'm that's just saying. An that, that's an outlier. Yeah. You're, you're talking multi years ago. I'm talking since this league since this league has been created. That's the reality of what you need to win and what you need to compete and what you need to bring home a championship. I, I hey, yeah. and you know what? Not everyone's going to agree with me, and that that's why I want to bring it to a vote. I hear you. I just think I I think it's I don't think it's fair to the person that drafted the stud for them to go up thirty five dollars in three years. Like to me, that I don't know. How how long should the advantage last? I don't know. You have a good draft. Should you be set for the next? Five years, seven years. I mean, you you tell me what's fair. I don't, I don't feel like you're ever. I mean, how set was I last year when I kept Todd Gurley? I, I butchered my draft, like, and Gurley was bad. <clears throat> how set was was uh, sure this year when he started with Johnson and Beckham? They're two studs. Like, they, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. they are. And we all agreed that he was set coming into the season. He had bad luck. That I mean, that's that's fantasy. Play, players get injured. You can't really overcome. The best running back and the best wide receiver, uh, you know, arguably, talent-wise. I mean, what, I just what think can you because do? All of you the... can do is set your team up at the beginning of the yeah. season and hope for no injuries. If you, if you look at the, the teams that, that are winning the championship, one thing is they're escaping that major injury bug. Mm-hmm. So you have to set your team in place, get the best players you can, and hope for no injuries. If you have injuries, I mean, sure, <clears throat> coming into anybody would have traded – what he had for what they had coming into the season, and he got hurt. I mean, there's nothing you can do. And that—that's, I guess, why I feel like this advantage that you speak of is isn't as real as you think it is because of the fact that there are so many injuries and so many fluky things. But I, I do understand what you're saying. I just don't think it's as profound as you think it is. And you know what? Maybe I'm the only one that that thinks this way. And that, that, that's probably easy coming from somebody that's already $50 with Le'Veon Bell looking into next season. But, hey, that, that's just where I'm at. I, I personally think most of the league is going to agree with me because most of the league doesn't have the Camaros at $1 and the Todd Gurley's at 19 I, I think just so we can move on, I think I agree with you. and But I, I, I think we... I'm in favor of a staircase. I just don't know that my my totals are as high as you are. I'm okay. I'm okay with it being like a three six nine, three five seven, something like that. Like a. But what is it? Like is it that. is it nine dollars every year after that? Like that that to me is absurd. Why? I don't know. Todd Gurley's sixteen dollars. Five years later, he's gonna be fifty-two. Like, I'm not keeping a fifty-two dollar player. You've enjoyed um, him for yeah, you are. Todd Gurley, if he's the same effective level, yeah. But you've enjoyed five years of having him at that point. Like, you've had an advantage over everybody else for five years. Except for the year that he sucked, and I didn't. Except for the year that he sucked. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's the risk you have to weigh. It forces teams to reinvent themselves and keep being good year after year and not rely on 
past luck. Let's, let's call it luck. Um, and that's what fantasy football is. But that, again, that's just my opinion. All right, let's move on. Right, I my added, iPad's died. All right, I added, I added that to the list. Um, all right, we're going to skip a league party preview because we know it's just going to be a lot of uh, wagering and a lot of weird stuff, a lot of arguing probably, a lot of uh, a lot of ti- lot of Titans. A lot of ti- what'd you say? I'm not coming home with my second place money after my wagering. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of Titans love. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Titans love. Um, Titans money line, big. <laughs> so let's let's get into the 2018 keepers, the way too early keepers, and we'll pick two for each team, and then based on those keepers, <clears throat> we'll decide the way too early 2018 power rankings. So we will do this in uh, reverse standings order, or we'll do it in standings order. <clears throat> so. Um, We'll start with my team first. Um, obviously, that's pretty easy. Right now, it's Gurley and Kamara. Any arguments yeah. there? You can no. probably make a case that um, Russell Wilson has some value at 16. He's probably a $30 player next year. Um, Deshaun Watson at 5 might have some. Um, I don't know how sustainable his pace was before he got injured and there's always risk taking a quarterback and you know that that's that young that might have a second year drop off especially coming off of well, what if you have ACL yeah it's Gurley and Kamara let's stop it um yeah Kel- Kelsey's actually third on that list for me but I really yeah because it goes back to what what you said about who wants a 10-point advantage at a position every week? It's not 10 with Kelsey, but it's 5. 5 to 7, maybe. So. Yeah. Look, yeah, look quarterbacks, quarterbacks are a dime a dozen, I mean, for the most part. I stress the importance this year of getting a big one. I wanted Brady or Wilson. Those are the two guys I wanted. Um, but I don't think there's any reason for us, you know, I don't know. Matt Ryan went from the number one quarterback this year to whatever he was this past year. So, yeah, um, with, with Wilson, I so I, I know you have the, the the two locked in, and that's definitely your keeping. But I'm thinking more of the conversation for some of the guys that don't have two keepers locked in. Oh Still yeah, value keepers on the roster. I, I like Wilson. I think I don't know if the offense can be much worse. Or the offensive line can play much worse, which is why I think next year he's probably going to go for like the, the thirty dollar range. Wilson, um, Wilson, and Watson I think are more tradable than yeah. Kelsey, but I would rather tolerance. But I'd rather keep Kelsey. Um, all right, Wolves. We're locking in Lev Bell apparently. Yeah, uh, I'll keep Lev. Uh, Brown is definitely on my radar. I know you guys hate that, but um, he he's just phenomenal. Um, Ingram, Woods, and Juju, I think, are my other three options. 
that, that I'm going to look pretty hard at. Let's pick one for him, Shane. Ingram, to me, it's Ingram or Juju. I don't think Woods is in the discussion. Yeah, Woods is not in the discussion for me. It's Ingram or Juju. And right now, I'd probably lean Ingram. Um, I would probably lean Ingram as well. Um, uh, full transparency, I'm probably leaning Bell and Brown or Bell and Juju. Okay. So, I, th- I think Kamara takes over more of the offense. That, you know, he got, I mean, even watching the playoffs, he got some of the goal line carries against Carolina that normally go to Ingram. I think he's taken more of that over. So um, I, I'm not going to probably keep him. All right, then we'll put Juju in because I don't think you're keeping Brown. All right, Mad Dogs. I think we can lock in a uh, lock in a nine dollar Jordan Howard. Well, to me, it's Howard, Allen, and Devonte Adams. Yeah. Um, what's the price tag on Keenan Allen? I think Phil. Phil, did you have that up or no? Yes, yeah, it's thirty-two. And Devontae Adams is about 15. Uh, he's... Eight. Five. Oh, he's cheaper than that. And then he'll be eight. Yeah, then, for me, it's probably Howard and Adams. That's tough, though. Keenan Allen is... Yeah. Really good. I mean, you, you, look at it, you look at his roster. Keenan Allen's a really good player. Ajayi might have a lot of upside next year, but they're both pretty expensive. I think Adams is just as good as Allen. I think we don't, yeah. for that price, we definitely keep Adams. Um, I think. With, yeah, with Rodgers coming back, I don't know how you don't keep Adams. Howard's intriguing to me. New new OC, our new head coach, basically. New offensive-minded guy. Comes from the Chiefs system where they decide to not maybe give the ball to their best player sometimes. But um, I think Howard Howard's exciting in that new offense, I think. So... I'm gonna is, lock is, he a big, is, is Howard? Did he catch a lot of balls this year? Uh, no, because they threw the ball seven times a game. Yeah, but he had like thirty carries a game. I feel like. Yeah, I just wonder if Cohen starts to come in to more of the mix if if they start throwing it more. Like, has, I, I get what you're saying about the new offensive coordinator, but has Howard peaked in terms of touches with moving to a more pass-oriented offense? We will see. Yeah. Um, Team Ice Cream. We're going to go ahead and lock in a $5 Carson Wentz. Um, we are. I'm, I know that for a fact. Yeah, he's going to keep Wentz. Uh, really? Let me yeah. see. Oh, hold on. Let me pull up his actual active roster. Um, he's not keeping Rodgers. At what he's going to be twenty three, twenty five, I think. He'll be three dollars more than whatever he's on that sheet. Yeah, so twenty three. Twenty three. So you want a five dollar Carson Wentz over a twenty three dollar Aaron Rodgers? Yes, he does. Okay. Put it this way: I told Spears, "You tell me what you want for Carson Wentz, and I'll give it to you." And he said, "No." <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, he, he had a, he had a great year. Um, 
I'll be betting on Rodgers for a 45 next year. See at the draft. I think the second guy he's going to keep is either Jordy Nelson or Deion Lewis. So. Yeah, he's got some. T- he's got a tough decision there for keeper number two. Um, why, why doesn't he flip one of his quarterbacks for another keeper? He's going to try to do that on Saturday. Definitely yeah. could do that. Yeah. I mean that that that's what I would do. I would definitely under the discussion and, and see if we can make something happen. Um, Nelson looks like he he lost a few steps for for sure this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know he loves Deion Lewis, so I'm going to lock Lewis in just roughly for time purposes. Um, Hammer, this is a tough one. Not a lot going on here. A lot of high-priced talent on this squad. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think we can lock in Fournette for high 20s. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think he's going to keep Hopkins. That would be the Butler way. That's what I would do. All right, Fournette and Hopkins. That's great. That's a great start. What's a What's a possible parlay in the James Conner? Uh, Steel Curtain. We can lock in Michael Thomas. I think he's done with AJ Green. Done with that clown. <laughs> um, let me pull up who else is on his team. I think Ertz is the second one, I think, if I had to pick. Yeah, I think he's going to keep Ertz. What? For 19? He made, um, I thought he made some late moves. Let me just double check. Devontae Parker he picked up. I think we've all seen that that's not a thing. Yeah, he's not good. Yeah. And Quincy and Newman is not going to be kept, so... Yeah, I, I, if I'm Eddie, I'm, I'm active on Saturday trying to probably get one of those quarterbacks. Duke Johnson's on his team. He was once traded for Antonio Brown. Straight up, right? That's pretty good. Yeah. Straight up. <laughs> it's interesting, but he, I think he might have to give some real consideration to that Jaguars D. <laughs> yeah, at 17. That's a uh, lot. Yeah, you got them in there. That's a lot, though. But yeah. that, they um, yeah, no. they scored more than Zach Ertz this year, so they actually scored more points than Michael Thomas as well. So fascinating. Yeah, you, you can't undervalue defense. I'm gonna put Ertz in. Um, all right, tea bag. Yeah, there there's three studs. Um, just a matter of if he wants to pull the trigger after he got hurt this year with uh, Mike Evans. So he's got Hunt, Henry, and, and Evans. That's who I see. Um, yeah, those are the three. Um, it's come, basically, it's coming down to those three for me. Um, it's going to be Hunt and Henry because they're cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> um, he hates that $3 penalty, which is going to be 5 or 10 Um. Yeah, if I had to, if I had to guess right now, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be Evans and Hunt. All right, then I'll lock in Evans and Hunt. What? Right. No, Henry. All right. I we, said right now. Weevils, Weevils, and pretty sure we're all pretty set on the fact that it's gonna be Thielen and Devontae Freeman. Yeah, that's what it's gonna be. That ain't no guess. 
<laughs> that's what it's gonna be. Uh, yeah, for sure. All right, Abusement Park. Zeke and David Johnson. Uh, <coughs> hmm. I don't know. What What about Beckham? Who, which one of those two guys are you keeping Beckham over? With that quarterback situation. Well, we don't know what it's, it's going to be. But it's, it's not good, no matter what it is. It's either a rookie or a T-Lot. To, to me... I think Beckham is the only one that can come close to what Antonio Brown's been doing. Um, so even being able to keep him at 53, which is what his price is going to be next year, I think you have to strongly consider it. Well, David Johnson's in. He's 7 bucks. So then you're saying, what's what's Zeke's price? Zeke's 48 I think it's Zeke so and David. I think it's Zeke You're looking David. at a 48 Zeke versus a 53 Beckham. I mean, and so to me... At those prices, it's a toss-up. Which do you want? you want a stud running back or you want a stud wide receiver? It's going to be Zeke and David Johnson. I agree. All right, St. Louis Patriots. Man, guy loves himself some Marvin Jones Jr. Um, uh, I, I can tell you right now it's probably going to be Matt Stafford and Marvin Jones Jr. I knew it. He loves him. Unless he doesn't make a move, that's where he's at right now. Um, how much draft cash does he, or how much? He's yeah, how much draft he, cash he's at an even two hundred. Yeah. I. Uh, I'm. Right now, I'm texting Spears to see what he wants for Rogers. He's happy with Stafford. He doesn't want the. He, he'd want someone else. He does. He doesn't want to move off Stafford. I don't think, but. Interest Jordan Reed. I mean, I don't want to. I don't think anyone wants nah. to play that game. But you can't do that again. No way. Yeah. Um. All right. Fleetwood franchise. Um. Jimmy G, Jimmy G and Dalvin Cook. I'll say he ends up keeping Russell Wilson and Travis Kelsey. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Cook's gonna get capped at even at thirty thirty three. It's a little a little higher than what you want to spend on somebody that's unproven like that. But Chris Carson's there. Yeah, I, I, is it Jimmy? I don't know. I, I I think the second keeper's a toss up, and I'm in. I'm talking to Spears to see what he's he wants for Rodgers or wins. I'll put in uh, I'll put in Jimmy G right now. I think. I think that's an that's an interesting one, and then the clan is Melvin Gordon and Tyreek Hill. From everything Fegley said. Yep. Yeah, it looks about right. Mhm. All right. So, power rankings based on those keepers alone. So, yeah, uh, let's do power rankings combined with how much draft cash they have, too. I don't know that easily. Oh, okay. I can. So, on on keepers alone, then, I think Cause has to be number one, and it's not close. Yeah, Cause is way ahead of the pack. 
What about Zeke and David Johnson, though? Um, I mean, it's pretty close, but you would just have that are much cheaper. Yeah. So you have a thirty dollar advantage. So give give me that all day. You have the same talent and thirty dollars more. All right, I'm gonna argue that Kamara is much worse than those other three guys, but well, I, I guess sure has sure has the extra twenty five dollars of draft cash, correct? Yeah. So I mean, it's it, like I said, it's, it's pretty much the same. And what do you want for Kamara? Oh, I'm keeping him. I just think he's getting vastly overrated. That that that's fair. I'll I'll rate him in line with the market, and we'll we'll do our first podcast trade. What do you want for Kamara? You can't even trade money. Can you even trade money? You don't have any to trade. No, I don't. <laughs> so we're gonna I have to keeper. we're gonna have to wait for the the increased rule to pass, and then we'll talk. I'm not trading Kamara. What you you just said? You think he's overrated, and you're not gonna trade him for the. For the I think he's overrated because he's gonna be a first round pick next year, and I don't think he's a first round pick. In snake drafts, I don't, I don't, first round pick means nothing to me. This is an auction draft. I understand that, but that has no meaning. He's a top twelve player in the league. Then he's going to get drafted as a top twelve player in the league. I don't think he's that. Fair. To me, there's no difference between him and Christian McCaffrey. My God, Kamara scored thirteen touchdowns. McCaffrey scored seven. Their yards and receptions and usage were about the exact same this year. Mike Lombardi tells me McCaffrey's moving to wide receiver next year. Okay. I can see that. Um, third, I'd put Fournette and Hopkins. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yep. Um, fourth. Fourth is tough. We got Hunt Evans, Bell Juju, Howard Adams. Gordon Hill. I'm I'm leaning Hunt Evans. Yeah, I like that. And then after that would be Gordon and Hill. I think no, maybe Bell. I think I'd have Bell and Juju over Gordon and Hill. So I'll put. Wolves five, Clan six. What do we like better, Howard and Adams? I guess we lost Shane. I think his iPad finally died. Um, Howard and Adams will go seven. Thomas and Ertz eight. Wentz and Lewis nine. Oh God, no! Wait, hold on. Freeman and Thielen are seven. Howard and Evans eight. Thomas and Ertz nine. Wentz and Lewis ten. Stafford and Jones eleven. Jimmy G and Cook twelve. Alright. Alright, to the way too early 2018 power rankings. Desert Dogs at one. Abuse from Park at two. The Hammer at three. T-Bag at 4, the Wolves at 5, Clan at 6, Weevils at 7, Mad Dogs at 8, Curtain at 9, um, Ice Cream 10, Patriots 11, 
and franchise 12. So that's the way too early 2018 power rankings. Phil, we lost Shane. It's probably a sign that it's time for us to wrap this thing up. Yeah, what what we at here? We're at we're hour at, 43. We're at an hour 36. Okay. <clears throat> so, nice little recap of 2017. A brief look forward to 2018. Um, <clears throat> looking forward to seeing everyone on Saturday. <clears throat> Anything else? No. I mean, um, th- th- this is a lot of fun. You-, you don't see a whole lot of fantasy leagues still stay this engaged even right after the fantasy season's over. So, a lot of fun. Lot. I don't think anybody's listening at this point. No. Being as, as long as we've gone over. But, you know, good, great props to, to you for putting this all together and spearheading it and making sure there's a podcast and I know that's a lot of work it's a no glory job in a lot of people's eyes especially when something controversial happens <laughs> they look to the commissioner and there's nothing you can really do to make everybody happy but you know, th- thanks a lot for, for everything you do yeah thanks for buttering me up there I appreciate it alright uh, I'm gonna play the music Red Triangle Sports on SoundCloud iTunes and uh, see you guys on Saturday